If you're looking for a place where the wide-open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself, you might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites, along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies West. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. Hi, Dylan. Hi, Manolo. Uh, So I understand that we are responding to some listener emails we received today. That's right. A few weeks ago, we ran an episode called Picks or It Didn't Happen, which was about traveling and technology. And a few of our listeners responded with some pretty strong opinions. It, interesting. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I'm sort of like on both sides of the argument. I see merit, but I can understand why it would it would like press a button, right? It's like, you know, it's one of these things that people take personally because it sort of like in, uh, implicates them. Yeah, I mean... I'll be honest, it's pretty hard for me to choose one specific side because I am a millennial. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so you don't have a you you don't really have a choice on the matter in a funny way. <laughs> right. I mean, I, I go straight to Google Maps and voila, I find my place. But before we read the emails, uh, do you want to remind listeners what the episode was about? Yeah, for sure. Um, so friend of the show, David Plotz came on. And him and I basically had an argument. We, we had a, uh, uh, or a discussion about whether the experience of traveling was made worse or better with technology. And David Plotz uh, picked the side, I think because he's a little older, he's had a little more time to travel without, you know, the internet, without a phone. He basically picked the side that technology had made travel worse, that it had taken away from some of the spontaneity and serendipity of traveling. And one of the things that traveling by internet does is that you are essentially traveling by the the group hive mind of the world as percolated through Google. And the nice thing about the sense of discovery you have when you were able to travel without this stuff is you did have a a sense of accomplishment. Also, there was such a contrast, like you had the sense of contrast, which is that you would eat genuinely bad meals because you didn't know a good place to eat. Yeah. And then the next night when you ate, when you discovered this place and you ate a really good meal, you were like, oh my God, I've made such a discovery. Yeah. Look at me. I found this by my own wisdom. I, 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 you know, I, I buy, I buy a part of it. So the first email we're going to read here is from Catherine W. Okay. She let us know that she was writing to us from a 300-year-old field stone house in Connecticut. Mm. And Catherine was very fired up. <laughs> All right. I like it. Lay it on me. Uh, she didn't know that the email was written in a, quote, 
lightheartedly scolding tone <laughs> and that she's a big fan of the podcast. We got our producer, Sarah Wyman, to read the email. This is what Catherine wrote. Check your judgment at the door. Using technology definitely does not mean that people are only using a GPS to navigate to all the best spots. Even if they have that intention, they're going to stop and check out cool stuff along the way. They'll stop at cool food trucks. They'll stop at cool rest stops. They'll stop at sketchy local convenience stores to grab a $7 bag of expired Cheetos. If you're really that concerned about the need to rough it, to prove something to yourself about how authentic of a traveler you are, I'm guessing the problem isn't that other people are using their phones too much when they travel. There is more to the email, but I just need to note for our listeners that Catherine does end it with a wink emoji and wrote, thanks for all that you do. That's, yeah, I feel that. I mean, I really do. I, I, think, I think it's a lot about how you use your tech. It's, it's, it's more, unfortunately, it's more up to you. That's almost the, the, I think, the rub, right? It's like, whether it's an aid or a detriment is a lot about your own choices and to some degree self-control. In another section of her email, Catherine mentions that she's a single mom with a young daughter. And she makes a good point that technology makes her feel safe when she travels. And we got another email from a listener named Julia who also talked about the issue of safety. But rather than reading her email, we got her on the line. Hi, Dylan. This is Julia. Thank you for having me today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for being here. So so it sounds like you had a, a reaction to that episode and, and, and wrote us in with an opinion. I'm curious, um, what side did you take? Well, I'm a big fan of your podcast. And actually, I agree with the majority of what was said in the podcast itself. I do agree with your points on the fact that sometimes when we're traveling, are we really enjoying the experience or are we really doing it uh, for the photo and for the social uh, for the social affirmation. However, there was a point that to me was really important, which was not discussed. Mm. And I did want to, uh, uh, the reason I brought it up via email is because I've had some personal experiences with this topic. And that is the issue of safety, both mm. physical and psychological, which I think is facilitated by having technology when you travel. So my thinking is that while the world is a beautiful place, Depending on who you are, yeah. it may not always be safe to go to certain places. And I actually believe that thanks to resources like online blogs, videos, and reviews, which are available at our fingertips when we travel, we're able to stay informed if an area or a particular establishment will be hostile to people who in any way look like you. I think that's a really important point. I, are there times you can remember when, when this has come up in your travels? So to give a few brief examples, uh, years ago, I met the owner of a chain of LGBT-friendly hotels, and he said his motivation for opening his hotel chain is because there were LGBT customers who had experienced harassment uh, yeah. or hostile treatment while traveling. And he was opening this hotel to provide a safe space for, for them. I also learned very recently that uh, I live in the United States and there are, um, for example, African-American travelers who go to certain places without many other African-Americans and they experience sometimes stares from people and they realize that um, it's safer for them to get out sometimes. And in fact, I, did, I, I looked this up after sending the email and I found out that 
Sadly, there are entire pages and Instagram accounts dedicated to traveling while black, which yeah. shouldn't be the case, but that's the world we live in at the moment. Finally, for myself, I am an Asian female, and I happen to know that at the beginning of COVID, but before travel restrictions kicked in, I happen to know that um, a friend of mine had asked on Facebook whether it was safe to travel to a certain place in the world and whether people would discriminate against her for being Asian. And to my surprise, some people had replied and said, yes, I traveled recently. And there were individuals who treated me as if I had COVID because of my race. It's, an, it's a great point. And, and it really predates and goes beyond even the technology question, because like the Green Book mm-hmm. was, you know, p- published uh, well over half a century ago uh, and and dealt with this exact issue, right? Providing information to help black travelers in America find places that were safe. And that's still totally true today. I think the point that like having that information available to you in whatever form, and now, you know, it's kind of, you can carry it in your pocket on your phone and and whether it's finding, you know, safe spaces for, you know, LGBT folks in countries where that's not as safe or or uh, just asking questions like like, you know, your friend was asking about traveling during covid. I think those are really, really powerful reasons why uh, traveling with tech and, and really just with community and information is like so, so valuable. So I totally I think it's a great I think it's a great point. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for uh, writing in. Uh, speaking of. You know, now that that things are kind of loosening up, do you have any travel plans of your own coming up? Um, At the moment, probably not right now, but I would say that during COVID, I've developed an appreciation for uh, staying closer to where I live. I used to do a lot of international travel. I'm hoping to do more domestic travel. And I would say that I look forward to seeing New Mexico. Ah, good. Yeah, I'm a huge believer that you can find something incredible without ever getting on a plane or even leaving your home state or or maybe not even leaving your your hometown. So that that sounds great. And a trip to New Mexico sounds really, really nice right now. That sounds like a great idea. Thank you so much, Dylan. Thank you for hosting. Yeah, my pleasure. It's, It's a joy. There is one more listener response from North Carolina. And this one is very different. All right. I like, Do we have tape? Yeah, we do. Her name is Stephanie, and she's describing the time she found a very unusual park near her hometown, thanks to her GPS. All right. Let's listen. So it was late one night, um, probably on a weekend. We, My son and I were coming home from his aunt's house where we had had a family get together and she lives in Lucama, North Carolina. And we're headed home to the Raleigh area and following the electronic directions of Google or TomTom or whatever at the time, I ended up on a dirt road that I had no idea where I was. It was dark very dark, and all of a sudden, we, the lights of the car come upon all of these bright reflectors. Some of them moving, some of them not, and the further I went, the more there were. 
And it's just me and a four-year-old little boy who is bright-eyed with wonder trying to figure out what this might be. And I've never been through it during the day. The directions always gave it to me in the evening on the way home from their house. And in hindsight, I realized that it was what teenagers in the area called Acid Park. And it was all based on that a farmer's daughter had dropped acid one night and had had a car accident and died right there near where all the where all the reflectors were. And so it became a ritual for my son and I on our way home from his aunt's house to swing through and see the reflectors. I've heard of this park. Um, and I can't remember, but I have this sense that this story, this like famous story that it's based on, like there's not documentation of it. I, I have this sense that there's like a legend at the heart. The, the legend she described isn't necessarily substantiated, but I don't know if you had a chance to look into it uh, and, and, you know, any of that. The whole story about the acid, the crash, is all a legend, Dylan. Huh. The artist who made these does have a daughter, and she is still alive and well. <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> um, this artist is Wallace Simpson. He built these uh-huh. big windmills he called whirly gigs with scrap parts from old cars and reflectors, like Stephanie said. And he just huh. wanted it to create this amazing place for people to enjoy and watch. That's cool. So it's interesting because Stephanie sort of stumbled upon this place and and kind of learned the popular story of it because that, that legend is the kind of like, I, I think that is sort of the, the going story. But in fact, uh, it's sort of this other kind of more delightful place, a place that's just kind of made for uh, enjoyment. And it sounds like Stephanie's four-year-old definitely uh, really, really liked uh, seeing it, and they made it this ritual, which is which is kind of great. Yeah, and she found all this thanks to her GPS. Right, to the mistake in her GPS. Or not a mistake, but like the weird route that it took her. It's funny that she says it only took her there at night. I, it's, it's interesting because when you use a paper map, you have to kind of really plan your whole route out. But with GPS, like most of us, myself included, you just follow the directions like direction by direction. And I've definitely like ended up on some real sketchy non-road roads. And so I think it's a funny it's funny because one of the things Plots and I talked about is is whether technology takes out the serendipity of travel. But in this case, it clearly added a certain bit of serendipity. That's a great story. And uh, and another reminder that sort of what you do with travel and what you do with your technology when you travel is is really up to you. I'm a big fan of of the uh, no highways button in Google Maps, so it takes you on all these back roads. Uh, something that probably I wouldn't do with a paper map. So I think it's it is possible. It's a good example of it being possible to travel with technology and still have surprising finds. This podcast is a production of Atlas Obscure and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Chris Naka, Doug Baldinger, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, Dylan Thuris, Tracy Samuelson, John Delore, Peter Clowney. Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. 
I'm Manolo Morales. Hasta luego. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hello, I'm Brian Cox. I'm Robin Ince, and this is the Infinite Monkey Cage trailer for our brand new series. We've got mummies, we've got magic, we've got asteroids. Mummies, magic and asteroids, what's the link? That it was an asteroid that magically went over the world that led to Imhotep the mummy coming back to life? That's correct. I thought it would be. We're as scientific as ever. But the most important thing to know is that we are going to deal with the biggest scientific question. We finally ask, what is better, cats or dogs? Listen wherever you get your podcasts.